2: Hey, pull up a chair. It's Hacks on Tap with David Axelrod, Robert Gibbs, and Mike
1: Murphy.
0: Robert Gibbs, do you recognize that earache masquerading as a song?
1: I feel like I was going to say I could guess this in four notes, but I, I can't get it, Murphy. What What is that melodious? Um, I, I can't
0: <laughs> remember the name. It's like, don't bet on a you know hard point or something. But it is the official state song of the great rigged primary of Nevada. That is the Nevada state song, where wow. today is Nevada primary day in the Republican Party. Can you believe it? Uh, I can't. I've almost forgotten about it. Well, it's rigged. It's totally rigged. So we're putting an official Hacks on Tap submission into the Nevada Republican State Committee because with a totally rigged, meaningless primary, we've got a new song for them. A meaningless election besmirching. The once-honorable Republican Party of Nevada. Today is indeed primary day in Nevada with uh, a caucus in two days that actually controls the delegates, rigged from stem to stern uh, by the uh, the Trump guys. We're going to talk about that, everything primary, everything polling, everything everywhere. That, of course, Hackaroos is the the timeless hit held over in Eastern Europe for over 48 years. That is the Soviet national anthem where they know all about rigged elections. So there you go, Nevada, maybe. And I'm going to switch back to Nevada only because I know (laughs) it's wrong. And if we get angry mail about it, but I'm pissed, I don't like rigged elections. And I know you don't either, uh, Robert, but we have
1: a guest who really hates rigged elections. The Oracle, the man who knows. Yes. Who's batting down the hatches, not worried about the rain in Murphy's LA, but getting ready for Mardi Gras in new Orleans, the one and only Jonathan Martin, Jonathan, greetings. Good day. Comrades. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> there we go i
0: mean normally you have to go to a cook county democratic central t- committee to get that kind of chicanery, ch- but now i guess we shouldn't be surprised everybody drink <laughs> yeah drinking game all right so we have the primary today we're, we're dispensed with it quickly and they've adopted a crazy two-point thing right correct me if i get this wrong jonathan or robert but it is today is the meaningless primary where nikki is not contesting where your vote means no delegates, so there's no reason to have it. But on Thursday, they go into a dank cave somewhere, and there is a caucus which will award the delegates as long as your name rhymes with thump, right? Isn't that pretty much the way this thing is set up? Because Trump and his lieutenants wired this thing months
2: ago with the state party, which is effectively an arm of, of the MAGA uh, uh, organization. And so there's not been much suspense and there's not been much in the way of news uh, or or even, um, you know, keynote attention. Nikki Haley hasn't gone there once. Trump went there uh, one time. But you know, this gets to the heart of the kind of lackluster opposition to Trump. And I don't say this only to pander to Murphy, although that's part of the game. But, like, you think about 2000 when there were similar efforts to limit ballot access in New York, I think it was. And you guys, Murphy, brought McCain to the Russian consulate.
0: Yeah, we had a
2: big street theater. A dog and pony show to say that this is Soviet-style, you know, politics. Like, have some fun. Take a risk. Be creative. And there's just none of that. And that's part of the reason why this whole primary is so damn depressing.
0: You know, never (laughs) wanting to not beat a joke to death. Back then, I tried to find a band we could get to show up in this crazy scrum on the ice in front of the Russian embassy, where McCain was hoping to get arrested with all the cameras to play the Russian national anthem. But the only band that knew it was a a Polish church in Brooklyn, and they hated the Russians and wouldn't play it. So we could, our musical accompaniment uh, plan went
1: sideways, but it worked. I'm beginning to think that uh, your Spotify can, can, contains a lot of uh, versions of the Soviet national anthem. Right? Yeah,
0: you have no idea. The, I recommend the Paul Robeson version, by the way, genius singer who had certain proclivities on the left, but it was a great American and he belts out a pretty good one. America,
2: if you need a good Bay Day soundtrack, Mike Murphy is your man.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Want to roll the missiles through your own red square? For all your day day parties this year, let's public- we'll move on. This is a trivia <laughs> question. Who was
0: standing in Red Square when the flag dropped to half-mask and the troops showed up to clear it because the great dictator Chernenko had died, bringing in the new dictator? Me. I was there that day. I sent all my friend postcards. This is all before the fall of the Soviet oh. Union with the mission win is ordered, and three of them never like spoke to me for a year. They were so pissed; they thought they're on some KGB list. They anyway, we're on a KGB list. You can't
1: send a postcard like I was like actually that I was Moscow. officially
0: declared anti-Soviet. But that,
1: that's All right, for another time. We have time. we have gone down a, a a bad red rabbit hole here. Yes, um, yes, le, Jonathan. So you, you mentioned this. I mean, I I think that you can kind of sum up the entire primary in in, in many ways in what you just said, which is nobody in this race. Was ever either conditioned to or prepared to take a risk in order to to figure out how to get this from uh, from Donald Trump? And I'm even amazed as we sit here and record this. I've almost forgotten that South Carolina is is in the midst of a Republican yeah. primary. It's hard to forget South
2: Carolina politics for reasons that we all know. It takes right. a lot of work uh, to have a sleepy have a sleepy South Carolina. I haven't fully given up hope, Robert, that South Carolina is going to be a sleepy, uh, sleepy race. There's still a lot of February to go. Right, Trump is not fully engaged there. Right, let's see what happens there before the end of the month. But you're right. The fact that we're talking here, uh, you know, on February 5th or whatever it is, 6th, and and there's still no real action uh in that state beyond this sort of Nikki stumping around, it tells you a lot about the sort of nature of this race because this race is no longer about physics. It's not a momentum game. It's a pure matter of chemistry and the chemical appeal of Donald Trump. And um, because of that, it it does kind of lack for suspense. Um, It's a numbers deal, right? Like Trump is locked in. He gets a certain number of votes that are committed to him. And events and outside facts are just don't matter. Like his support's impervious, right? So like Trump could tomorrow pull the head off of a chicken. And like that's not gonna change him from getting 67.3% in Ory County, Robert. So it's like if if events don't matter as much and these races are basically driven by demographics,
0: then the contours of the race don't matter. It's as fake as the cardboard boardroom in The Apprentice set. Is there, is there anything on the ground going on? Uh, Nikki's in L.A. today raising money in Santa Monica, which tells you pretty much all you need to know. She's doing a West
2: Coast swing. She was in New York raising. She, she was in Silicon Valley. Now she's in Southern California raising money. But as you guys know, what, she's not going to lack for cash. There's plenty of Republicans and, and Indies who will shower her with money. She'll have tons of money for TV, and she'll make payroll. That isn't the problem. It's that, like, yeah, it doesn't the it doesn't change the 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 basic math of the race, which is there's a finite amount of people who are willing to vote to for somebody besides Donald Trump, right? And so, to me, guys, it's like the drama there is: is she going to wind up with thirty-seven point two or forty point eight? You know, it's like we kind of know at the window the the um the 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 band of possibilities.
1: For you, uh, South Carolina newbies, uh, Horry County is the home of Myrtle Beach, big Republican area uh, on the coast up in the uh, northeastern part of the state. Jonathan spent a a little bit of time there. The Grand
0: Strand, home of the shag for all you dancers out there. I think up there she might get as high as 42.8 because it's those coastal communities are the only place she's got anything. She's going to get slaughtered in the upcountry and everywhere else. But. Yeah, she'll do better in Charleston, but I mean, yeah. it's all
2: education, right? And it's like, if you take the biggest college-educated counties in South Carolina, that's where she'll get her most numbers, you know? And that's that.
1: Here's my question. Do, do you actually think in two and a half weeks she's going to still be running this race on February 24th? I, I, I... I I I don't honestly see what she gets out of losing by a large margin. I think she's already going to be the leader of the I told you so caucus, whether Donald Trump goes on to in November to lose, whether he wins and it's a chaos mess. She can say, look, I, I was there to try to prevent this from happening, but I just don't know what is in it for her to keep doing what she's doing in terms of antagonizing the Republican base, especially in her home state? Well, there's a tipping point, you know, right now, she's the most interesting
0: dead cat bounce in American politics, watching her scamper down the street, you know, with no real purpose for it, other than entertainment. And she's clearly having the most fun she's had in the whole campaign, which you often see at the end when they know they're going to lose. So there's a point, though, where the focus will be, why is she turned into Joe Biden's you know, can't inside the Republican party, just trashing him all day long. And she has to think down the road right now. She gets out. She's the one who warned the party after, you know, when Trump inevitably either loses or collapses and she's got another bite at the apple down the road, but she could turn into Jerry Brown in 92 who won't go away. And, uh, that, that even though I'm enjoying the Nikki show now a lot, uh, it's just not in her interest. I think she's got to
2: get some more coverage here and got to figure out ways that she can draw attention. This has been the challenge, guys, for the last year, is basically there? there there's two categories and nobody can figure out a third approach, right? The one category is uh, do sort of imply gentle, uh, you know, very sort of uh, gloves on attacks on Trump that don't really change the race. The other approach is the Chris Christie, which is like, you know, the sort of chainsaw, like raging at each hand, like double fisted. Right. And it, like, you know, obviously that gets media attention, but it limits what you can get inside the Republican tent. And nobody's figured out a third approach where you can actually make some headway against Trump, but do so in a way that you don't alienate Team Reb. And she's not done that yet. And she's trying to figure it out. And, guys, I think the challenge is. There's just not that many folks up for grabs. Like, we know what the universe is. We saw it in Iowa. We saw it in New Hampshire, and we're going to see it in South Carolina. And by the way, it's not small. It's not like this is a 10% or like a Dean Phillips, like 2.3% deal. Right. It's like a 35 to 42% band
0: depending on the state. That's a lot of votes. Which is the real story, I think, which is how much of that goes away in the general. Exactly. That's the real story here is.
2: How many of the Nikki voters is is, is basically Biden gonna gonna sort of capture in the fall?
1: In South Carolina, like four, but maybe in New Hampshire, uh, a, a much bigger set. And because three of them
2: there. are South of Broad and Charleston,
0: exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. But yeah, you know the the old back in the envelope map is in a general election. You want your nominee to get ninety percent of your party's vote you know, 92 or three, if you can, you can live with 89, but if Trump's the 65% choice of the Republican, uh, voting electorate right now, and the reluctant choice of what percentage it starts to get interesting. Does Trump become an 80% candidate in uh, in general election time? Are there defections, college educated, suburban Republicans who just can't do it. But if I were Biden, I'd be worried about, all right, they hate us too. And we're going to, we're going to get into that in a minute. Uh, is there going to be some wine and cheese independent candidacy they can all waste their votes on? And that speculation is still out there.
1: Murphy, can you, is there, is there any Is there any polling that suggests that Donald Trump in a general election isn't pulling in the 90%? I, I certainly haven't seen anything.
0: Uh, no, I've seen a national poll where he was in middle 80s. Yeah, I think it's a little below 90, Robert. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. But the problem is neither is Biden. Biden isn't ringing his 90 button either.
1: Well, but we should we should spend ten seconds on Biden in South Carolina because he just got he got more than ninety six percent of it. Jonathan just said Dean Phillips at two point three or two point six percent, which is probably actually double what he what he actually got in the race. I think you know we should you know we should spend ten seconds on Dean Phillips because it should be the last ten seconds. He finished not in second place but in third place behind Marianne Williamson, and his tweet said. <laughs> how great it was to get four digits worth of votes, meaning he broke a 1,000. And then my favorite part of the tweet, Murphy, you'll love this. He said, he, he, addressing it to Joe Biden, see you in Michigan. See you in Michigan? For what, like a hot dog? What are you talking yeah, see about? see you on a milk see cart. See you in Michigan? i oh, the dog in Detroit. Exactly. Right, are we, going to, are we going to meet him at Cody Island? Like, what in the world? See you in Michigan? You just got, like, maybe just above a 1,000 votes out of about 140,000. Is Schmidt still
0: around? That is there like no, money left in no, the no, town? took totally leave. Oh, shocker! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Unbelievable. He went over to Marianne Williamson.
2: That's <laughs> the new move there. He's beating Taden Crystals actually by Marianne. <laughs> it's all Crystals. And uh, I said, no, look, it's um, it's quality Sedona, Sedona Crystal though. It's fantastic stuff. No, look, he um, he I think was a New Hampshire centric candidate turned out to be more Andrew Yang than John McCain in New Hampshire which, you know, is the difference between getting 20% and getting 40% in New Hampshire. Uh, and I had no business in South Carolina. But look, it does show that, you know, among like Biden's you know core support, which is, you know, moderate whites and African-Americans, which is basically the South Carolina Democratic demo, like Biden is still pretty strong, especially in a low turnout universe. And guys, this is why Biden, speaking of wiring races, this is why Biden wired the primary. <laughs> To kill yes. off Iowa, push New Hampshire back in line, and start South Carolina because oh, he was totally. trying to preempt any challenge. And it worked,
0: you know. It yes. really is the year of the wired primary. I mean, it, it is crossing a new threshold that would have been unthinkable two presidential cycles before uh, on both sides. Well,
1: yeah. I mean, Iowa unfortunately helped Iowa disintegrate. True, and 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 look, the one the one thing I think that is true, and I I, I said this in 2020, and certainly believed it, struggling in 2008 is in a Democratic primary, you've got to put together a multiracial coalition. It's why in 2020, even though Joe Biden had had done poorly in the first two races and, and lost to Bernie Sanders in Nevada, it was clear that he had the capability to still build a multiracial coalition. And if you can't in the Democratic primary, then you're toast. And it, I, I, South Carolina is certainly a much better measure of building that multiracial coalition than Iowa in New Hampshire Will will ever be, and I, you know, I have great affinity for both those states. And Robert, people forget
2: that the South Carolina primary in 2020 was narrowly majority white. Um, yep. you know, the shorthand that's taken up is that Clyburn delivered, uh, and black voters overwhelmingly voted for for Biden, which is true. But like, it was not a 70 30 demographic. It was basically no. 50.1 white because Biden, to your point, does well with like. The kind of moderate whites, what's left of the old white Democratic Party in South Carolina, plus
0: African-Americans. And that, that yep. is just going to coalition, you know.
1: And it has to be if you're going to win a Democratic primary.
0: So one one last Nikki Haley question. We can go on to general election stuff. We got a lot to talk about. Day after the South Carolina primary, she loses 60-40 or maybe in a shocking upset, 56-44. Is she in or out of the race the next day?
2: Uh, I think her temptation will be to get to the Super Tuesday so that you can pocket the most delegates possible to hold up and say, um, you know, I was the... Yeah,
0: I got 118 delegates when undisputed I Undisputed uh,
2: runner-up, yeah. that increases your leverage uh, in a sort of post-Trump, you know, after the Reformation arrives, which, you know, maybe uh, any day now in 2037... Um she can she can say, you know, it, it's it's my turn now, uh, because I was the one who was the last person standing. That said, if she loses by twenty in her home state,
0: yeah, that's tough to go on,
2: right? That's tough yeah, to
0: go that, on. That's kind of how I see it. But you know, I there will be a lot of dead enders who tell her, you know, keep going, you never know. Trump's gonna fall off a cliff.
1: Fall off a cliff or run in front of a jury. <laughs>
2: To Robert's point a minute ago, Mike, I also do wonder if she makes it to South Carolina. If there's not going to be more attention paid, if this is not going to be a truly contested race, and Trump can effectively set it out, the press doesn't cover it for the next two weeks. I, I mean, I do wonder if she then, you know, throws me the
1: uh, oddly, Jonathan. I would say if if I was her, I would say this: either get out this weekend or stay in, literally as long as people will keep giving you money. Because to your point, Jonathan, the 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 other side I mean, w- one side is protect it, you know, you made your point. You 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 sort of very few people come out of these races, John McCain being the the real yeah, the real good case of it is that very few people go into these races, don't become the nominee, but come out bigger than when they went in. Most of it most of these people get cut in half.
0: Yeah, but she made it to the top. She'll have the second right. turn dynamic if she doesn't rock. Which is why, if I were her, I'd think about after South Carolina declare victory. Because remember, Michigan's rigged too. It's another
1: Nevada. So she won't win any of these states. But I think to Jonathan's point, and I made this a few weeks ago. Like, look, yes, Donald Trump could have a hamburger tonight and have a heart attack, but he could also wind up in front of a jury of his peers and find himself no longer the nominee. And so, you know, I can see wanting those delegates. One final point about. This is a small thing, but how Trump has
2: transformed politics, uh, Chapter 5, Volume 7. Like, <laughs> this is interesting, right? Historically, the old line that you guys know well goes, campaigns for president don't run, they run out of money, right? That's the old song. Yes. Like, that, that whole old line is actually null and void now, because in, in the, the current day where the party is bifurcated in the 65-35 deal, The 35% candidate is also the the money candidate because a lot of the financiers of the party are horrified by Trump and want a non-Trump candidate. So like the Wall Street Journal candidate, who is never going to get majority share of the voters, will always have money to stay in the race. So she actually now has a a, a real challenge.
0: No, no, she can keep a heartbeat, no, no doubt about it. But it's just like yelling into a phone five feet down the phone line. It's been cut and it's not going anywhere you know, delegate-wise. Like, a robust campaign with, like,
2: well-funded TV ads for months and months and months. I mean, she rings $50 bucks in January, and she wasn't she was close to it in either state, right? It's That's why it
1: always makes me laugh when there's these breaking news alerts that some huge Wall Street donor has decided to put in with either, a, in this case, Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley. Like, that's not what's going to decide this primary. No,
0: and it's often bullshit too. Most of the donors who are speed dialing the New York Times talk about what they're going to do are not big producers. I mean, I've lived that world. They have their own press secretaries, but the checks are thin. One last point on if she stays around through some proportional outcomes and win one delegate in, in, in congressional you know, the allocation, because a lot of states do it by congressional district. There are three. The person gets one if they, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm not sure if, she, if, if Trump was locked up in prison or whatever and she had 107 delegates at the convention that she would actually be the nominee. You got to remember, part of what the Trump people have done is an old Pat Robertson trick that we used to sweat back in the old Dole and, and other regular days, which is the bodies are actually, they, in the old days, they were Pat many of them were Pat Robertson bodies. So after a certain number of ballots, they turned into who they really are. The primary instructs them how to vote, but those instructions, depending on the state rules, can melt away. So there are going to be MAGA bodies there who, through caucuses and other ways, were the delegates casting what the primary tells them to cast, that when when midnight hits, they all turn into vampires, and they may not be on train Nikki. They're going to be more MAGA, and there'll be a lot of movement Christian there. So it's a weird thing to kind of figure out.
1: All right, hold that thought. We're going to take a short break, and now a word from our sponsors. Folks, we got to tell you about this game-changing product. Axe has used this uh, before going out for a night of drinks, and it's called Z-Biotics. Let's face it, after a night with drinks, Axe doesn't quite bounce back the next day like he used to, if you know what I mean. And you have to make a choice. You can either have a great night out or a great next day. And that's why he found ZBiotics. Let me tell you, it's a surefire way to wake up feeling fresh after a night of drinking. And that's with ZBiotics. ZBiotics pre alcohol probiotic drink is the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. And here's how it works. When you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. ZBiotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. Just remember to make ZBiotics your first drink of the night. Drink responsibly, and you'll feel your best tomorrow. And folks, Super Bowl Sunday is right around the corner. Because of Zbiotics, I'm confident you and I and Axe can enjoy the game without worrying about how productive we'll be at work come Monday morning. So go to zbioticscom hacks and get 15% off your first order when you use Hacks at checkout. ZBiotics is backed with a hundred percent, a hundred percent money back guarantee. So if you're insatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember to head to zbiotics, Z-B-I-O-T-I-C-S dot com slash hacks, H-A-C-K-S, and use the code hacks at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times.
0: Well, look, let's go to the general election because I was here in California building my arc, getting ready for all the endless rain we've had. Took my submarine out for a drive down Wilshire Boulevard last night. and
1: Another Soviet relic, I'm sure.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. I saw a flash in the distance across the country and a low rumble moving through. It was like an atomic weapon went off, but it was an NBC poll showing Joe Biden on a slide from about 48 down to 42 over the last couple of, and this is the hard Mac and turf, it's a legit poll, one Republican, one Democratic pollster. It had the number that I think Robert and I have both talked about a lot for a year. Okay, you hate both of them, who's better on the economy? Has Trump beating Biden by 20 points, which is really a problem. That That's the equivalent of like having Keith Richards x-rays, you know, the doctor just starts to sob because, you know, it's a miracle you're still moving. Uh What's it like in Democrat world and in journal world about this? Because this is the scariest single Biden poll we've had at just a moment where they were hoping to kind of turn the narrative a little, I think.
1: Yeah, I think in Democrat world, it's, uh, I mean, well, I think there's, there's two things going on, right? The, the Twitterverse is full of people saying it's a bad sample, it doesn't mean anything, stop right, talking right. about it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Yeah, pretend it doesn't exist. Right. I think the reality is it. there's a set of genuinely sobering numbers. As you said, yeah. Murphy, it's that the, it's not just that. I mean, I worry less about being five points behind in, in at the end of January than I do to your point that the trend is not heading in the right direction. The economic numbers, um, except one, which I'll talk about in a second, uh, are, are not all that good. Uh, and and even the great salvation for Democrats was, and they pulled this, this idea of, you know, if Trump was convicted, what would the race be? And it went from a plus five Biden to only a plus two or a plus five Trump to a plus two Biden. Right. So it wasn't this like, you know, 7.0 Richter scale earthquake where everybody just moved away from Trump because of it. The one sort of silver lining, I think, in the poll, if you're looking for it, is the number of people pessimistic about what's going to happen to the economy over the next year is a, has changed in a big way 50% in in the la- last poll in November said they thought the economy was going to get worse in the next year that number's down to 36 um it, it, if you go back another poll in in July it was 52 so there's the the consumer confidence numbers we've seen are, are beginning to show up underneath But, no, Biden is still not getting the credit he would hope or want to get as Well, they think
0: that'll be the cavalry, and it might, but it's not there right now. Nothing but arrows right now. I mean, I looked at some of the comparisons, securing the border, you know, all that, immigration, Biden minus 35 compared to Trump. Having the necessary mental and physical help to be president, minus 23. Dealing with the economy, minus 22 under Trump crime minus 21, it just keeps going. And even the one that, and I'm sympathetic to this personally, because I think it's legit, but we're talking voter land here, protecting democracy. That's the issue is going to turn it all around. No, they basically think you're both clowns. Biden is only two points ahead on that. It's not a
1: cutting issue. We did Democrats did well on abortion. Look, I I think one of the things, Jonathan, I'd love to get your point of view in on this, but I, I think one of the things both in this poll and maybe even more deeply in the CNN poll that came out a few days before that is that there's the, the, the Biden campaign is going to have to figure out more than just a few cute intro lines, uh, on, on how to deal with, with age, uh, because it, it's a, it, it's a genuine sticking point and, and you see it in here. And, um, I, you know, it's a challenge because as if Axe was here, he would say he's not going to get younger between now and election day. And that's not, uh, that's not untrue. Jonathan, what
2: are you? Yeah, think? no, look, I think in terms of the reaction from Democrats, it you know, it can be summed up with one word, which is panic. Um <laughs> precisely because, I of what, because of what what Robert said is like voters appear to be impervious to external conditions, and they're they're in some ways making clear that that they've made a judgment on Biden. Now, that's a referendum on Biden today in February. Could that change when it's more of a choice after Labor Day? I mean, that's what obviously Democrats are hoping. I think that's certainly possible, especially if Trump is yanked back into the camera frame. Uh and voters get get a reminder of, of what life is like with uh Le Orange, as they used to say about Rusty <laughs> Staub in Montreal.
0: Um but for now though, it is a uh, former tiger.
2: It, it it is uh it's really sobering for Democrats.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, J Mark, you had a you had a great column on this that uh that the the you you know uh, the the thesis is forget about no labels worry about the younger more liberal parts of the Democratic coalition and you saw that in in the NBC poll the the I think the approval on the war with Israel and Hamas was was I mean extraordinarily low I don't have the I number can read in front
2: it to me. you because it jumped off the page to me among voters under thirty five. Only 1515 one yeah. uh percent approve of Biden's handling of the Israel Hamas war, while 770 seven disapprove. I mean, th- those those are are devastating numbers for a cohort of voters, you know, Gen Z and millennials, which you can't have overwhelmingly in your pocket if you're a Democrat trying to beat Donald Trump. And I thanks for the plug on my column, Robert. I mean, I Biden had a very Ten U.S. delegate coalition in twenty that included everybody from Murphy's pals at like the the Weegins and and uh, and Wingtips Country Club uh, center right right to like you know the young socialist uh, in Williamsburg uh, who came out because they were trying to get rid of um trying to get rid that's Brooklyn by the way not Virginia trying to get rid of Donald Trump. Like, you're unifying mansion and AOC in one coalition. That's like FDR-style coalition stretching, right? That includes, like, the courthouse segs plus the socialist mayor of Milwaukee. That's a broad coalition. And it was basically a free vote because Joe Biden wasn't Joe Biden. He was a vehicle to stop Donald Trump and end COVID. Well, Joe Biden isn't a free candidate anymore. It's not just a vehicle. You're voting for somebody and something and a set of policies, and part of that is a Democrat who is much more resolutely pro-israel in his guts as any democrat today still in office and much more so the younger voters and
0: guys that's the math right that's yeah, the math. no it's rough math and they're in a fork between that world and the suburban world which is much more center that's and right which and, and either one is pain both are essential by the way i've been laughing here on the country club gag. And I agree with you totally on the politics, but I have to inform our listeners. That the last time I was at a starchy wasp country club, I was sitting in an Ariondack chair with you in your seersucker outfit uh, at Bald Peak up in uh, Moultonboro, New Hampshire. So you were going undercover. Some of my best friends, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> uh, exactly. No, but
2: like, you know, this is a map issue, right? So you, you look at Michigan and Wisconsin and, How do you keep the Arab Americans in Dearborn, the college kids in
0: East Lansing and and Ann Arbor, plus the suburbanites outside
2: all the same? Michigan
0: is the crucible. It's going to be the most interesting state this year. There are so many forces at work there. Oh, my gosh. And there's a tendency to overreact to the large and influential and heavily assimilated Arab vote. There is one issue on the Palestinian thing. And it's, it's even more complicated there there's also a very strong jewish community i mean it is going to be ground zero i think of all these forces plus biden's hope for labor renewal and the fact that uaw is not uniformly popular in michigan his numbers went down after he hit the picket line not up so yes i i agree with that they they are in a problem and they have a candidate with limited abilities because they really need a political master to be able to thread this needle now the Republicans have an insane candidate who may be, you know, campaigning from inside cell block 14. Uh, but boy, oh boy, this is going to be a fascinating if depressing election.
2: And it just, it's just—it's a matter of, of margins, too, guys. If you just look at the 2016 and 2020 results in Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, and you know, obviously 20 is a different race because it's more of a head-to-head race. But um, if you include 2016 level third-party vote share. It was Jill Stein and Gary Johnson then. This time it looks to be Jill Stein, Cornell West, Bobby Kennedy, and I know labels to be named later. If you just throw that in, you know, if Trump is getting 44, 45, that he may wins. be enough to win those three yeah, states. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. No doubt. I totally believe that. Yeah. And you you mentioned this, Jonathan. I, I think it it it's worth talking about just for a second. Cause I, I, I think, you know, it's interesting I was uh, texting on on the NBC poll because I thought it was interesting they didn't put Cornel West and, and Robert Kennedy Jr. and Jill Stein into the poll. They tested them only basically as either open-ended, volunteered, or they tested parties, Green Party, Libertarian Party, to to show the five-point race for Trump went to six. But it was interesting. The reason they did that was because they were worried that it's too early to start putting names in the poll based on whether or not they're going to qualify for the ballot. The biggest news, I think, in the last week has been Robert Kennedy Jr. flirting with becoming uh, or or joining the libertarian line on ballots, which, quite frankly, would guarantee him access to a far larger number of states. And that, to me, um, I know Axe and I spent a decent part of our weekends on the phone talking to each other about that because... Yeah, that, that was a uh, sort of a five alarm fire. I, I don't think Cornell West is going to get on that many ballots.
0: No, that would bring him up to a whole new level of trouble because the the librarians have been at this for a while, and they're actually of all the third parties, they built the most credible and long term ballot access. Yes. So, I think you just called them the librarians, but no, it's an old <laughs> Republican joke. Oh, now the oh. librarians are getting agitated. Tan Stoppel to my Libertarian friends, Tan Stoppel, the secret code name. There used to be, when I was in Georgetown, the CRs, we were close to the Libertarians, and they had these great t-shirts It said Tan Stoppel, which is, there ain't no such thing as a free lunch, <laughs> which I thought was always a great bit of Libertarian business. There are some responsible people uh, in that world, but they have their nuts too. So that'll be an interesting internal Libertarian brawl.
2: Yeah, yes. one of the great stories of the next three to four months is, is not the last days of the Republican primary. It's the ballot access chase with yeah. Stein, West, and Kennedy, and and what what they're able to pull off or not. uh in yes. you know a half dozen states, could really drive this campaign more than most people understand. You know,
1: and, and it may be that a lot of ink three or six months ago about a Cornell West it was overblown because. He may get on just a few ballots or none, but if a Robert Kennedy Jr. is on the Libertarian line, right, and if the Green Party has established because of the way they've done in previous elections, yeah. To Jonathan's point, you don't know, every vote that Biden doesn't that, that Biden that Trump gets or a third party gets is a is a vote Biden doesn't get, and he needs every one of those. Yeah, right. Now that that
0: is a promise, an escape valve for votes that in the end would be for Biden, but don't wanna be. So you give him a lark and then you burn up a vote that Biden desperately needs. For Biden to win, he has to be the candidate of very unhappy Biden voters.
2: The holder knows Biden voter. Yeah. Right, I've right. And, to the Biden people about this. And guys, they say that they, they are they they are you know, all too aware of the threat. Um, you know, Liz Matthew, I think both of you guys know, a very hard charging democratic operative is now working for the DNC, and part of her mandate is to really go after the third-party candidates. And their whole mission, they told me, is basically you've got to grab voters by the lapel, especially younger voters, and tell them you're effectively voting for Trump if you vote for for Stein, West, or Kennedy. And they're going to try to force the issue, and they're going to do digital ads, they're going to get on TikTok and and really try, try to press this of don't vote for Trump by voting for Jill Stein.
1: Well, this needs more than just a good staffer. It needs a it needs a damn good budget. It needs a a, a it needs a very uh, focused super PAC. Totally agree. But you know, we this is what always happens in
0: politics. We go, oh, get Liz Smith on it. She'll talk to the kids on the MTV or whatever. And oh, we got to do this. And you know, it's all the mechanics. If they weren't choking on the Biden peas, and the peas had more sugar on them. They do a lot better. This is uh, Biden's numbers are driving all these problems. That's why they're not. No, sure they can try all those tricks, but if they don't fix Biden uh, and refocus it vis a vis what you get with Joe versus what you get with Trump and get the message and narrative right, all the we've got new. We're doing hemp T-shirts. Don't don't give up on Joe.
1: Hey, that's not a bad idea. Actually. You know,
0: we have a new computer distribution. Oh, I'm sure they're working on it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that that's all deck chairs on the Titanic. You got to fix the fundamental.
1: And now a word from our sponsors.
0: Hey, hackaroos, it's Mike. And let me tell you something. I think you already know this, but if you're into politics, if you're serious about the political circus, we find ourselves shoveling, you know what in, well, look, you have to subscribe to the Washington post. I have read the post for 30 years. It is the must-read paper if you're into politics and world affairs. There's a lot happening in the world, headline after headline. Every minute, something new, and you need smart, informed, balanced journalism to fill you in. So guess what? We are proud, proud in our parade, our galaxy of fine sponsors. They have the Washington Post. We're proud to recommend them. And I'm urging you to take the special offer we have and subscribe. Now, first of all, you know I'm a news junkie, right? You've heard me go on and on about things I've read. Well, I get a lot of it from the Washington Post. The quality of journalism is amazing. Now, I love their political coverage and their international coverage. The op-ed page is pretty good. And if I don't say so myself, I've written for it. So there you go. I'm a total ringer for the Washington Post. And I want you to be one, too. Um, They also have a new feature now, which I really like. They've had it for a while, but they're expanding it, where you can subscribe to free newsletters once you're a subscriber and they send it to your email and it's a great way to get a quick news digest on all kinds of different topics uh it's pretty cool and it's a way to get smart fast and efficiently and get everything the post has to offer which is a lot and then you know i have to admit i'm i kind of look at the entertainment pages i have been known to check post columnist carolyn hax's advice column once in a while How to work with crazy Democrat friends on a podcast. I won't mention any names, but I'm very helpful, serious from the advice column there. Think the post only covers politics? Well, that's not true at all. You name it, they cover it. From climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, great cooking stuff in the post. The post helps you discover a world of surprising stories, important insights, and actionable advice. A Washington Post subscription makes it easy to access quality, trustworthy journalism, and it's affordable too. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash hacks. We have our own cool address there to subscribe for, get this, just 50 cents per week, your first year. That's 80% better than their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash hacks to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. I subscribe. You should too.
2: one of the things that I was thinking about earlier, and Robert was nice enough to plug my column, which I will hopefully folks, folks read uh, at Politico.com.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Politico. um, but, exactly.
2: uh, I was talking to a, a Democratic uh, consultant, who both of you know, um, who's done a lot of races uh, over the years, um, who said something really striking to me, which is part of the challenge with Biden's messaging is that people can't hear what the actual message is because they can't get beyond the appearance
0: Right, I call it the antlers problem. He could cure cancer, and I'm like, "Wow, you're old. You've got antlers coming out of your head." Yeah, and that's a hard damn thing to move. Uh, the metaphor he used was they can't get into the house because they're
2: still stuck at the front door. Right? They yeah. they yeah. can't. They can't. You can't even get them in the house for the sale because they, they're just gawking at the sort of like Liberace style uh, architecture. You know.
1: So Murphy, it, it, Murphy, you, you're you're the grand strategist. What? I'm gonna I'm gonna draft you over to uh, to the Biden side for a second. And oh, look, I'm for Biden against Trump, so it's what not would hard. You, what, what would you focus on in the next two months? Because to me, look, I think the poll is is obviously concerning for an end of January poll. Um, if this is a beginning of April poll, I heard somebody say, "Well, then it will be really time to panic." And my my question to that person was, "What the hell can you do in in the beginning of April?" Right, you got to start now. So, Murphy, what would you what, what advice would you give? What what would you start doing? Well, my surefire plan is
0: to call up DARPA and get the time machine and go back four years and, you know, have a great term and not run, you selfish SOB. But assuming that they they don't have the wiring set up for that, there's no easy answer. But there's something I've been talking about for a while that they just it's not the normal American style, but I'd run a cabinet campaign. I really would. I would surround him. He's got a bunch of A-level communication stars in his world. The great Sting, please, Gina Raimondo, Pete judge. Mitch Landrop, one of the best natural politicians. Democratic Party is invisible, and all he's flying around the country giving out money. I would I would run a team. I would surround Biden with these people. I'd put them all on the road together. He can be Professor Xavier, and so I would have the team of talent versus the team of drags. I would also refocus the whole race on motive. Whose side is who on? Trump is on Trump's side. Joe Biden is on your side. And I would, I, every time he's in the frame, I see Buttigieg there. I see, I would surround him. Less Kamala, but sure, her too. And the point being, the White House guys would say, wait a minute, that'll just make him look old, surrounded. Yes, he's old. It's done. It's over. So instead of a lonely old man shuffling alone, weak, surround him, run a team, and and just flood the zone. Team normal, yeah, yeah. Team I like that, and and he's well, got it. That's what Nikki has those T-shirts now. Yeah, but not just like hey, we got a surrogate director and we got Kate Bennington back and Budajudge is going to do. Yeah, no, no, no. I want them physically together out touring the country. I want to do a package show. In fairness to the Biden campaign, I should add. Mitch
2: Landry, the former mayor of New Orleans, who was the infrastructure czar, has actually moved to the campaign. And good first step. He is going to be out there uh, as one of Biden's sort of go-to campaign surrogates. Now, to Mike's point, I'm not sure if that means that you know he and the rest will be physically with Biden, but he's going to be more active on TV. And do a retail event for which it.
0: is good, but that's conventional. I would commit to this strategy and literally put them all together and do the action team and go visit plants together and put on a whole flying variety show. The other thing, this is just tactical. I would get a couple of you know Gen Y good stand-up comics, and I would get them a bus, and I'd follow Trump around and insult the hell out of them. Uh, viral hits every day. And you know, and be rough about it, and Trump will go nuts, and it'll be a thing. Well,
2: and James Carville just, is trying that on YouTube. If you guys have seen this yet, Carville is doing some YouTube work about about <laughs> uh, about Trump. And uh, buckle up, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not right. sure he he's not exactly Gen Y. He's closer to the uh, closer yeah. to the baby boomers, but um, he's got some X-rated material though about
0: about Donald Trump. No, no, turn him loose. Turn you know, get Trump fighting all kinds of crabs and, and, you know, uh, ankle biters. The final thing is Biden at the right moment needs the line, which, you know, uh, on an impromptu somewhere where he just turns and like, you know, people worry about your age. Look, we're both old. He's crazy. Just, just do it. And, and and get off the joke about it. Self-deprecating diffuse it a little and, but make Trump old too. It's shameless plug, but last October, like the it's
2: the elephant in the room, and Biden just refuses to engage in any serious way about it, which is the age issue. The polling shows overwhelmingly that's the biggest concern uh Democrats have about him. And um it, it's just puzzling to me that it's it's February and there's still no effort to to address that that issue in any serious way.
1: I just want to say to our listeners, you heard it here first. Mike Murphy is full on populist whose side are you on it does my heart good it it all uh,
2: that and i see yeah i
1: mean he has traded in the the dinner jacket at the country club (laughs) yeah for the pitchfork of who's last time i was in the
0: country club was help my grandfather install the plumbing uh we're catholics Uh. remember uh so anyway
2: big everything yeah yeah, yeah.
0: all right you commie bastards look I'll, I'll i'll suffer any indignity to keep donald trump out of the oval, but if I have said for a year and a half, Joe, you shouldn't have done it. It was a selfish act. You're putting the whole thing at risk out of your own damn ego. So don't write me down as a fan, but as a necessary nose holding supporter. Now we ought to talk immigration for a minute because under the inspired leadership, of Republican knife and fork eating Senator Lankford of Ohio, excuse me, Oklahoma, sorry, Senator. Uh, they actually got a uh, you know, somewhat ugly camel designed by a committee, but uh, a Senate bill with bipartisan support to fix the border thing. It 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 came out of the birthing chamber into the sunlight and poof, dead on arrival, a crossfire of Republican senators and particularly the, the uh, caucus in the House just couldn't wait to rip it apart. And we saw the answer, I think, guys, you can tell me, In the polling from NBC, securing the border and controlling immigration, Biden 35 points behind Trump. They're not going to give up the issue, just like Democrats hate to give up Social Security when they got Republicans on the run. They're going to beat this thing like a government mule to Election Day, which, of course, is a tragedy because we can do things about the border. But that's that's our This is
1: another thing that I I would add to your list of things that Joe Biden has to get out there and do. And and I know this isn't going to be natural to him, but like this is where this is where we need a viral moment. And this is where we need to take them on, because this is this is cynicism on steroids. You know, Republicans set this up. We're not voting on foreign aid unless or until we get something strong for the border. And now you hear them say, well, wait a minute, hold on, let's go. I've got your bill over here for Israel, but we're definitely not doing the border thing. This is such a big crisis. Let's wait nine more months before an election. And look, I got news for Republicans. I got news for Democrats. Whatever happens in November, nobody's going to control it all. There's going to be a split government. And so if you think that that somehow some magic deal is coming together next year, that's appreciably different than the one you got now, I've got news for you. Read the rules of the U.S. Senate. It ain't happening. So the notion that Republicans aren't taking the win, again, this is where I think you have to have, this is where we're going to have to see whether Biden has the political athleticism diminished or not to drive some of this contrast. You know, fly to Texas, right? Fly to El Paso. Do this speech. Draw the contrast and call fly the whole squad there. Have five
0: cabinet members and Biden on the border saying, we're ready with the bipartisan bill to solve this thing tomorrow, but Donald Trump, like in all things, it's about him, not the country.
1: But the challenge is the challenge is you can't do this in a two two paragraph statement from the White House. this not be yeah, Just a paper. We have Gotta television go. now. Robert, yeah. My
2: thought was that the day the House tries to endure, to impeach my or guests, which by the Today. way looks looks increasingly tenuous if they have the votes. You know, my fault was that's the day that you're nimble enough to fly Biden down to Eagle Pass and surround him by 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 border agents and say the other guys want to talk politics and go after personnel because they want the issue. I'm here because we got to get a solution. Right. But you need the images, you know, and it's not happening.
1: The conservative border patrol union endorsed the bill saying it'd be a lot better than what we're dealing with right now.
2: You're flanked by those guys on either side. Uh, hell, but bring Asa Hutchinson with you and like you know, give him a job as your border czar or whatever, because you control Trump that way, and you can get get somebody with tough on the border credentials uh, working for you. Uh, what? That's a bit of a fantasy, but you know,
0: be creative. Yeah, you know who I call by the way, just being an optics guy, Jim Mattis. We're going to put a marine in charge. All we need is a congressman to get off their lard asses and pass the bill. Yeah. Robert, you make an important point, though, about the Republican Party.
2: It's, um, it's, not, it's not a functional political party in any traditional sense because it's not shaped by issues. It's entirely now right. shaped by a cult of personality, and they don't want to transgress, not just Trump, but transgress Trump's support. Um, and so everything is thought through by what, what's our base and what are our voters going to say? And, you know, issues or the journal or the chamber endorsing uh, a set of policy proposals, it just has no real impact anymore because everything is
0: our, the primary voters. Yeah, it's can- all direct to primary voters. And there are no, now every general election is seen as a version of the... We can't compromise with the other side on
2: this issue because that confuses everything because this is our issue. And
0: if we say that they're half right, we've met halfway, right. we lose the issue. The problem is that calculus has changed from really any interest in like running the government for one ideology or another into just the constant politics of, it's like a catalog business. How you please the home shoppers who belong to the $9 a month club. There's nothing happening the rest of this calendar year. They're going to fund the government. Because there's no percentage in it under this new model It's basically just, tidalate your your core based supporters and whip them up into a frenzy every day but
1: my point is it's not going to change a lot next year it's not going to change a lot the year after that i mean the, again that we we you know it's sort of like q schoolhouse rock you know what does it take for a bill to become a law i mean it can't well it, it takes patriots but we don't do that much anymore
2: well it takes a democratic house i think right because biden's first two years they did get some stuff done. Because you had a speaker willing to move bills through the House, and you had a Senate that was 50-50, but in which on some issues you could get compromised and and get stuff through the Senate with Republican
0: yeah, but votes. I, I totally agree, but will a party whose president is 20 points underwater on the economy win the House that people want to fire?
2: I mean, this is the great question, right? Yeah, because someone- it's hard to calculate based on the double crazy. If Trump loses by 3 million votes nationally but wins uh, electoral college victory in Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, do the Dems still get enough House seats in California and New York to flip the House? Right. That's going to be one of the most fascinating sub right. themes. Trump
1: for the, the challenge for, for, the, the the challenge Michigan, for Republicans yeah. in keeping the House is it doesn't take Democrats all that much.
0: No! No, or it's a knife edge right now.
1: Right. I mean, the reason that the, the, uh, the impeachment of Mayorkas may not happen is... I mean, the number two in the Republican Party, Steve Scalise, isn't even there. You know, they have a
0: zero majority. Right. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, which is why I'd argue the most important, for once, the Los Angeles. Well, you can argue statewide, but California counts again because it's those California congressional races that may decide. They're huge guys, and in a state where Biden, although his numbers here are not great, is still going to clearly win the state in the electoral. The question: Can he run up the popular vote, which is lagging a bit right now? underperforming. So my math could be slightly off here, but this is
2: roughly correct. Of the 18 House seats that are held by Republicans that Biden carried four years ago, 10 are in California and New York. So they don't have to get a lot, Robert, to your point, Democrats don't. And it's in two of the bluest states in America where folks will be coming out of the frigging woodwork to vote against Donald Trump. So totally plausible, guys, that 2025 opens with Donald Trump, taking the oath of office at the Capitol, going back to the White House, pardoning himself on all federal charges, which then prompts the new House Democratic majority to move impeachment articles, which then prompts the new Republican Senate to set a trial date in which they have to acquit Trump of this third impeachment. Totally plausible.
0: Oh, I agree. I wouldn't bet against it. And again, it wow. plays into yeah. what we talked about before, the new incentives to put on a show for the people at home and your party base one way or the other rather than actually doing
1: not only not only did our listeners get mike murphy's first dalliance with populism but they just heard jonathan martin's next column on the air there you go look at the kind of benefits a you get into <laughs> the ghost of
2: christmas
0: future exactly or <laughs> yeah i was hell. gonna
1: say it's definitely worth the price of this let's stop
0: for a minute and listen to a word from one of our fine sponsors All right, if you have a question for the hacks and our esteemed special guest hacks like Jonathan today, you can email us at hacksontap at gmail.com, hacksontap at gmail.com, or you can call our impossible-to-remember number in the back room of the betting parlor at the Cook County Democratic uh, Party headquarters provided by Mr. Axelrod, and we actually taped it because I can never remember the number. What's that number, Mike? 773-389-4471. 773-389-4471. I'll repeat it because who can remember that? 773-389-4471. One. one more plug. I'm doing this great thing, evpolitics.org. Find out why we're getting Republicans to drive electric cars because we don't want China to rule the world and why buy gas from our enemies. Check it out at evpolitics.org. All right, questions. We're going to start with the one and only Robert Gibbs. Marshall, Robert, wants to know, Since the Biden campaign didn't actively knock on doors in 2020 because of COVID precautions, how much would a robust field operation in 2024 impact turnout in the 2024 presidential race for Joe Biden, especially in the swing
1: states? Well, I I think it's imperative that the president has a robust field operation. Door knocking, phone calling, uh, you know, targeted mail, targeted ads. I I, I think there's no doubt that uh, Democrats got a little bit better at getting back to this in the 2022 race. The 2020 race clearly made this really hard to do, though I know some friends who led door knocking in some places like Pennsylvania. But I I think, look, here's the thing, you're going to have tons of money. uh, And this race, as Jonathan mentioned, is going to be decided by the slimmest of margins in like six places in the whole country. So invest in and create a a robust digital or, uh, excuse me, a robust field campaign uh, and see if you can't get a half a percent or a percent in the final numbers. It makes all the sense in the world. They should be doing it in every place uh, that they need to, which is only six or seven places. I can remember, you know, in 2008, Jonathan, when you're covering us, there's like 17 swing states. Oh, it's incredible. I mean, we're down
2: to counties, not states, you know.
1: Right, right. You can do it in very small places. You don't have to do this thing statewide. So there's no excuse not to have a really, really, really good ground operation uh, in 2024. Jonathan uh, Russ asks, in the unlikely event that Nikki Haley captures the nomination, wouldn't Trump be so infuriated he would do anything to get revenge on her, including telling his MAGA followers to stay home in November? Russ, you put
2: your finger on something that's very important about today's Republican Party, which is Trump is forever. And you're not getting rid of Trump um, by simply beating him in a primary or a general. He's never going to acknowledge losing. He's never going to, you, you know, the, the fantasy about Trump showing up at the unity breakfast at party headquarters the next day and like raising his arms triumphantly with the the worthy, the worthy victor well you know we gave it a good shot and uh we're all coming together because it's not about I me Jimmy last night to no, no 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 don't move, folks come on Gina. give me a break the whole the whole shtick is that he's a winner he's never going to concede losing anything so the idea that if she wanted somehow to pull out a victory that he would rally his troops for her and be a good soldier like have you been watching donald trump the last 40 years that's not who he is the point being I think the party is stuck with Trump, at least this cycle. And I'm not sure he'd go after
1: losing this election either, guys. Buckle up. I think, yes, exactly. Buckle yeah. up. Murphy. Yes, sir. Will writes into us, most Republican state parties in swing states, parentheses, Arizona, Michigan, Pennsylvania, etc.) are broke or are in debt. How will that affect the elections in 2024?
0: Well, it is a factor. You know, there are such titanic forces swirling around. It's not the biggest factor. But the Michigan and Pennsylvania Republican parties, the Arizona party, and to various degrees, used to be quite competent. In the old days in Michigan or Pennsylvania, would be a couple of people in the back wearing Star Trek ears or aluminum foil hats. And we'd say, well, do we have to let one of the nuts speak before the end of the meeting? Now you look around, it's wall-to-wall nuts. They're broke. They can't raise a dime. Those voter programs are gone. There's some attempts to prop them up with other entities. The RNC staff rips their hair out on kind of some of the basic work that state parties do. And you have these nutty characters. We, we've had certifiable people running the Michigan party. They're doing all this Banana Republic stuff where they replace each other and, you know, print their own money. Carrie Lake is out there secretly tape recording uh, grassroots people. She got booed at her own convention for doing that to a well-liked person. So it, it is not a good thing. I, You know, if I had to choose between getting those parties back to what they were, not the sh- shameful drag fest they are now, or fixing Biden, I'd still fix Biden. You know, that's the bigger factor. But this stuff does count, and it, it's a real problem for the R's because they've got they they got the the, uh, the children of the corn have
2: taken over. If I could, one fast prediction here, looking at yep. the crystal ball, because Mike mentioned Arizona and Cary Lake. Kristen Sinema was never going to run for re-election because she doesn't want to risk coming in third, and it's very difficult to win out there in Arizona when you're not part of the the the, the party duopolies. Um, but I think now that the, the, this big border deal is collapsing, she's going to use this as her grand exit to say, well, clearly I've tried, but Washington doesn't want folks who are pragmatists yeah. who can get deals done, and there's no place here anymore for a pragmatist. I'm I'm going to walk away until they get serious
0: again. That's right. Yeah, I agree with this. I'm going to go lead the National Outboard Motor Association, yeah. where, where we really are going to take care of our fine dealers in the Phoenix area.
2: But she was never going to run. But like, this is the obvious exit strategy now for her, right? And because uh, so up until now, she said, how dare you ask me about crass politics, but yeah. I'm trying to solve America's real problems. And of course, now that the deal has gone up in flames,
0: she can say, well, I tried. You folks don't deserve the audios. Keep an eye on her and no labels, by the way. Prediction two. All right. I've got to run. Gibbs,
1: You're going to run. I'm just going to add that I think, Murphy, your RNC, State of the Republican Party in the States news must have finally gotten to Mar-a-Lago because not once, but now twice in the last few days, Donald Trump has said he is envisioning a change at the top of the Republican (laughs) National Committee. So, Ronald Romney McDaniel, your great consolation prize for being the longest- Serving Republican chair in modern history and deeply loyal to that crazy nutbag Donald Trump is he's about to fire you. So way to go. You get later before the primary's even
0: over. Poetic justice, I'm telling you, she welcome the eel rules, Rana. That's how it works. No loyalty would be given. And I still remember the great chats we had about your love for Jeb Bush during 2016. Oh boy. There you go. you go. One last torpedo in the water. Thank you, Dr. Martin. Always good. Gibbs, you're the best. We'll talk to you
1: all soon. Murphy, keep your pitchfork shiny, clean. And uh, Jonathan, thank you for... We got not one, but like three columns of stuff right there. So I I hope your employer understands that you're giving out good stuff. Happy
2: Mardi Gras, folks. Try the king cake.
0: (laughs) Bye. Bye. Later, guys.